Welcome to the Healthcare Business Secrets Show, where we interview industry leaders and break down exactly how they're dominating their markets so you can learn from the best and can double your revenue, double your impact, and double your time off. In this episode, we're talking with Andrew Farabee. Uh, Andrew is a three-time Amazon bestselling author, the founder of Knowledge for Men, and the host of the top-ranked podcast on iTunes, Knowledge for Men, which has over 2.5 million downloads and has interviewed over 250 experts, including Bob Proctor, Gary Vaynerchuk, Jordan Belfort, T. Harv Ecker, Robert Green, Kevin Harrington, U.S. Navy SEALs, UFC fighters, and many more. Super excited to have you on the show, Andrew. I think that there's going to be a whole lot of gold in between the lines of what we're talking about. Uh, so welcome to the show, my friend. Awesome, James. I'm happy to be here. And just a quick correction. It's, it's, uh, we have 9 million downloads. So nine probably right. Yeah. <laughs> You're 2.5. That was, that was many years ago, but, uh, uh, yeah, I probably need to update something. Yeah. Sorry about that. But yeah, nine million. No that's, that's insane. How long have you been doing it for? I started podcasting in 2014 and I was podcasting very consistently until about 2019. I still do podcasts every now and then, but I mean, I've done over 430 hour long interviews. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> over the last yeah several years, but I have sort of taken a step back from the podcast. I can talk about why if you'd like, but yeah, I've been podcasting since 2014 when most people didn't know what a podcast was. Yeah, I was going to say before it was cool. Now there's girls in high school where they want to be a podcaster. Uh, that that's like a career option now. That that was that was not the case uh, when, when I was really getting started. There wasn't a lot of content yeah. around on even how to do it or how to get mm -hmm. started or the equipment to use. It was really like an unknown thing uh, that I was doing. Now you've got the Anchor app, for example, where you can just pull out your phone and have a podcast. Oh yeah, is, um... yeah. There's so many tools available to podcasters that didn't exist uh, back then. Yeah. Mm. Let's give the audience some, some context. Tell us a bit about what it is you do and, and how you got to where you are because you've got a lot of influence. You've been connected with a lot of amazing people. Give us a little bit of a backstory of, of what got you to this place. Yeah. You know, I didn't actually set out to start a business. Uh, you know, honestly, as you're talking, I don't, I'm kind of curious to how I even got here myself when you asked me that question. I started out. I was my own avatar. I was a guy who struggled with women, struggled with confidence, struggled with social skills, and just didn't really have a path or purpose coming out of college. Uh, went through a breakup with a woman that I thought I was going to spend the rest of my life with. And I was just found myself in this place of rock bottom, my own version of rock bottom. I, I know other people have a lot of different things going on. But at the time in my life, that was my rock bottom, just a lost... <laughs> young guy trying to figure out his place in the world. Uh, didn't have a lot of friends. A lot of friends after college just, just left. And uh, I was just trying to figure out life. And so that's really what started. Uh, I started blogging first. Blogging used to be very popular back then. And I was literally just writing about my own personal experiences as a young man trying to find his place in the world, trying to understand dating after college. And really, I think at the time in 2013, when I started the blog, what I was writing was quite different. It was very vulnerable. It was very raw. It was, it was just my truth at the time. And the blog was starting to take off. I was getting a lot of views. I think it was like 10,000 views a month. And then it just, it just started growing from there. Uh, but then because I was a young guy with, with not a lot of life experience, I ran out of things to write about. <laughs> so then that was when my brother was like, Hey, like he listens to Joe Rogan. He's like, well, you could just interview other people and, and just 
you know, listen to their story and ask them questions. And I had no idea what a podcast was. And he was like, Hey, I ha- he used to do like hip hop, like rapping and stuff. And uh, he's like, Hey, I have some equipment. He gave me a mic and he gave me this like USB box that hooks up the mic to the computer. And within 30 days, I launched a podcast, which has now over 9 million downloads. Mm. Did you let me jump ahead for here for a second? When we're in healthcare, we often, there's a reason why we're in it. There's a story. Often we've had an experience and we've been drawn to doing something and we are tending to, at least my story is we're tending to try and help people in similar ways that, that we got helped. And that's why there's so much passion and purpose behind what we're doing, which then comes across when we start to do these things. So for you, was your blog and, and starting a podcast and things like that, was that an, an outlet? Was that a thinking out loud or was it I'm going into it to help people specifically from the start? It was definitely just me venting. I, I was doing it for myself because I was a lost guy. And I thought I was the only guy that I thought every guy had just knew what to do after college. I thought every guy was just knew how to, you know, interact with women, how to build a social life, how to enjoy life, how to live your life authentically. I thought that was, I thought it was just me. And when I started voicing that and putting that out there, man, I realized that I'm not alone. I realized that it's actually quite common. In fact, it's probably the majority of men and, and at all ages. In fact, I, I, I used to really focus on younger guys. And I realized that at 30s and 40s, 50s, and even 60s, guys are still trying to figure this stuff out. And so it really was an outlet for me to vent. I had zero intention of thinking that this was a business. I didn't even know that it was possible you know, really to make money online at the time. So you went from... I'm just sharing my story, you obviously started to generate an audience because there were people that were interested in it. And, and there would have been this moment where you would have said, well, people actually, people actually care. They want to listen to this stuff. When did it change for you in terms of I'm just doing my thing to, holy crap, there's people listening to what I'm saying and, and wanting more. And now I'm creating for them versus creating for me. Or has it always been a creating for you situation? No, there was definitely a switch that took place. And I didn't know that what I was doing was valuable. I didn't know that people would be willing to exchange money for the value that I was sharing with the world. And I mean, there was a couple moments, but one moment that I like to share is I was working on my social life and my dating life and my confidence at the time. And I was helping people for free. Like I was doing Skype calls with some of my listeners for free just because I wanted to help. I wanted to share. I wanted to, you know, hey, this is what I figured out. Try this. And it got to the point where I was working quite a bit. Like I was doing a lot of Skype calls. I was helping a lot of people for free. And then I was happy to do it. And I felt very fulfilled uh, while I still had a job. I was doing this like after, you know, on my days off and after work, uh, sometimes even in the car on to work because I had a commute. I remember that I was this guy was really asking me a lot of questions. And I was like, hey, I'm really busy. Like, I don't think I can, I can get back to you for at least two weeks. And he's like, "Hey, how much? How much for your time?" And that that moment right there, I was like, "Whoa, this guy's willing to pay me." And I think I threw out like twenty dollars an hour at the time. <laughs> but uh, that was the first time when I realized that someone was willing to pay me for what I was doing because I just thought this was something for me the whole time. And that was sort of the transition when I started to think differently about the yeah. content that I'm creating and wow, is this actually a viable opportunity? And then at the same time, I did not like my job. And so these sort of converging like factors in my life of me not liking my job and me starting to gain traction in something and people started to 
basically throw money at me at the time, but it wasn't significant. Like we're, we're talking hundreds of dollars. This is not enough to quit my job, but that's when I really started thinking and, and, and put together like a game plan to be able to quit my job and just commit to this full time, which is, which is what happened within a year of that incident. I, I was able to quit my job. It was not perfect. It was not the right time. I did not have a lot of money, but my project here was not uh, anywhere near uh, a livable wage. Uh, but I just couldn't do the work that I was doing. I was a retail manager. Mm. And and how far through from like, how many years had it been or, or months even since you'd sort of written your first blog to, to that point where you were able to transition out? Probably eight, 18 months from when I started to when... I was able to, when I say I was able to quit my job, it was more so me just like really taking a risk and wanting to pursue the life I wanted more so than this is like a smart financial decision. Cause the next couple of years are really, you know, I really suffered. It was really hard to, to, to try and do this back then, uh, in 2013, 14, it was really hard. And, and so mm. if I could go back in time, <laughs> I would, I would probably just keep my job. And then I would just start building the business until it got to that sort of seesaw uh, point where it, it made sense to actually quit. But it did not make sense to quit when I did quit. Well, let, let me ask you, is that because hindsight's twenty twenty? but is that the actual advice that you would give yourself? Or is that kind of like the pain I had to go through to where I am looking back, I probably wouldn't want to re-go through the pain, but it may have been the trajectory well, that was necessary. <laughs> I just wouldn't advise. No, I don't think everyone can do what I also didn't have kids. There's a lot of factors into that decision. You know, I, I'm basically just providing for myself. I, I didn't have to provide for any of my family members. They're all fine. Um, other people are in situations. So I used to just blanket be like, quit your job, you know, go all in. But um, for me in that situation, if I look back, I'd probably do it again. But if I cared about my mental sanity and I, and I was really thinking about health, <laughs> maybe I wouldn't. But um, but I, I wouldn't advise it. Yeah, <laughs> I think that that a lot of a lot of really high level success comes from that. I don't even consider it a sacrifice. Like I've sacrificed, sure, on paper, maybe in comparison to my friends, but I don't feel it as that. I feel it as as a swapping. I get to have what I have and get to do and get to influence because of what I didn't decide to do. I didn't go out on Friday nights. I studied for five years to be a chiropractor. And then I gave up mm -hmm. my life to grow the business. And I'm still giving it up, so to speak, to do this because I love it. And I work around my family yeah. because it fulfills me. But 100%, yeah, I think it takes a certain type of person to, to dive in like that, even though that's sometimes what we need to do. Yeah. Correct. Correct. Yeah. Now, in terms of that kind of point of I'm growing this audience that's that's really just me doing my thing and I'm starting to notice like, hey, this thing's growing. Uh, and now I'm starting to transition into doing some consulting and making some money with it. A, a really interesting point that that you made, and, and I found this myself, is like, we don't realize how much value we actually have in our message and, and in what we're doing. We, we don't realize the potential to, to change someone else's life. We also take for granted how easy it may be for us, but how difficult it is for somebody else to do. And sometimes just how much somebody else just needs us to be there to help them. It's not even like, like they've got all the information and, I, and, and my mentors have said this to me before and I, and, and I say it a lot on my show. It's like, if we just need information, then we'd all be billionaires with six packs because the information's there, especially these days, you can YouTube it. But sometimes it takes that guidance, that coaching, that support. And what we forget, and especially for my audience listening who are health professionals, like we forget how often either how little our audience knows or how confident they are to implement 
that knowledge that's there and that's why they need us. And so we don't realize that actually there's a lot of inherent value with what we're doing and that we should be charging for it. There's a lot of inherent value and we should be charging for it. It's not just information. So for you, when did you realize, like I realized that people were wanting to pay you, but when did you realize, hey, this is actually really valuable and I need to value myself in what I'm offering and not do it for 20 bucks an hour? <laughs> yeah, that, that, that ended really quick, the $20 an hour, let's be clear. But once I quit my job, I, I went all in. It allowed me to focus. That's what I wanted. I wanted to be able to focus 12, 14 hours a day on this. Like that's really what I wanted. I, Cause I was working on it even when I was at work. Like I was, I was answering emails and I was so excited about it. So it was sort of this, this sort of dream to be like, I'm going to build something and, and make it my own. And I started creating little courses around what I was learning around confidence, around social skills, around dating. And from there, it was a lot of work. It was a lot of work to put those things together. And so I was also doing a lot of consulting one-on-one. And so I realized that one, I realized a lot of these guys think they're on an island. They think they're on an island and that they're alone and that they're the only ones who have these challenges. And so that was like sort of this aha moment where I thought, okay, well, what if I brought these people together? Would, would they actually come out? Because like with X, I live in San Diego. Would they come to San Diego? And so when I announced that I was going to do an event and the amount of people that applied, because it was like application and I was going to do uh, a retreat. Uh, and this is 2015. I was going to do a retreat for men. And I didn't really know what I was going to do, but I knew I wanted to bring men together and create some sort of impactful event where myself... You know, I, I brought out other coaches in the community. There's a lot here in San Diego. And I just put together this whole thing. And, and would they do it? And uh, the amount of people that applied and the event... So I, I was charging like $2,500 for the retreat. And uh, it was here in San Diego. And the amount of people that applied and, the, and how fast it sold out, that was when I knew that, okay, there's a lot of demand here. And uh, that's, that was sort of that switch. And then two months later, I did another retreat. It sold out. Two months later, I did another retreat. It sold out. I did like four or five retreats in 2015. And um, they all sold out. And I had guys coming from East Coast. I had guys coming from Asia. I had guys coming from Europe. Like I had guys coming from basically all over the world to be a part of this. And and that that was that was when I was like, okay, well, this is this is really something. That's when it became real, right? Like people are actually driven because sometimes you can be putting content out there. You can even be communicating with people, but it feels very much like it's just a small little transaction. There's nothing deep there because we're right. on one side of right. the fence and we can't see how much our audience is consuming our content. Like I'm nowhere near uh, audience-wise in the podcasting world and, and YouTube space, et cetera, as large as you, but I still have these people that that follow me for six months and then come out of the woodwork and they say, let's go. And I'm like, I don't even know who you are, but cool, man. That's amazing. <laughs> Join <laughs> yeah. my program. And, and we do our- And know. to actually see your client face-to-face, because I had been doing it for a couple of years now, but it had always been uh, you know, through Skype or, or just sometimes they don't even show the video. And I'm just like talking this whole time. I'm just talking in my chair, like recording myself and talking to people in Facebook groups. But when I actually got to see the clients and I got to see the impact. I got to see like the the way they re- the way they responded to what I was sharing, what what they liked a lot, what they didn't like, what was actually the most potent value that I was providing was was really when I started doing events. And then I started breaking out of retreats 
and going into seminars or I was renting out like a hotel ballroom. And then, you know, I was really having uh, like over a hundred guys coming out at, at like a thousand dollars and then selling coaching from there. And it, it really just started to expand on the business model that I now have today. Yeah. So I'm really, really interested to, to get into to what you're up to today, but I've got a couple more questions on this audience building because I think it's super relevant yeah. to, to people that are listening. Yeah. If you were to go back and think, I've got skills now, but I don't have an audience and I've never built an audience, right? Because my clients, my audience, they're health professionals. They've got a lot of skills. They can help a lot of people and they're passionate about what they do and they love what they do uh, and they love working with clients. They just don't know how to be known and, and yeah. have people know that they exist. What would you be doing to, if you had the skills now to reverse engineer it, to build the audience versus what you did, which was, I just went and built the audience and then tried to, to monetize it, so to speak. Right. Yeah. And I didn't even know I was building an audience. I, I was just venting. So <laughs> I, there was no strategy in that. And when I first started, but I've done it all in terms of like, I probably spent over a million dollars in paid ads. It's probably a lot more. So I, I've, I've done paid. I know there's more people who've spent more, but uh, that's that's what I've done. I've obviously podcasted for many years. I've sort of dabbled in YouTube. I have like 55 or 60,000 subscribers. I spent a lot of time on like all these other social platforms. And, and I would say that was probably, you know, I like to try new things. I like to explore, but looking back, probably would have just been best if I just picked one or two and just focused on getting really good at that and, and really asking myself, because if you're going to do anything organic, which is like podcast, a YouTube, a blog, or you're going to be like a social media person, uh, like on Instagram or TikTok, which I don't even know anything about TikTok. I, I, I miss that that age uh, generation. <laughs> but I would ask, what do I really enjoy? Because whenever when I think of like organic content, it needs to be something that you enjoy. It needs to be like a hobby. The best YouTubers are actually... They really have a passion for film and videography more so than they sometimes do the actual content they're sharing. Like they truly love... They're like hardware geeks about cameras and they, they really are into the lighting and all these things that, that we don't think about. Uh, and same with podcasters. A lot of people really enjoy the editing aspect of it. They enjoy talking. They, they're, they're social. They're a conversationalist. They're very curious about people. Because uh, some people launching podcasts really suck. You know, They're not good. And, and they, they don't actually... like They should not be podcasting uh, you know, unless they're going to really go through that journey. But like the, the thing I see most common is people quit uh, with organic content. And organic content can, can absolutely work if you're... I believe you really enjoy it. Like, do you think Joe Rogan does not like podcasting? Do you think he does not like engaging with people? Like, he was doing that back in 2006 before you know we even knew what a podcast was. Wait, you know, before me when it was still foreign back in 2013. If you're going to do anything free, you've got to become passionate about it. You've got to enjoy it. Otherwise, it's it's going to end. Like, do not blog if you hate writing. But if you love writing, oh my gosh, you've unlocked this amazing source of traffic and you can take that and you can you can you can blog you can go on quora and answer questions you can write books start owning amazon like really whatever you're going to do what do you love what can you see yourself doing for free and oh you happen to get traffic from that and if you're going to do anything free if you don't like any of those things and you like i don't want to do that I would ask a question, which is, you have skills. Like, what would you do? But I would ask, I would follow up with, do you have results? Like, do you have winning clients who are raising their hand and they're saying, hey, like this guy 
cured my problem or this guy got me results. Like this, I'm now in a relationship because of this guy. Like I'm now, you know, I've lost all this weight because of working with this guy. Like, do you have a lot of case studies? Because if you have those case studies, then you can go paid pretty quickly, which is going on Facebook ads or Google ads or YouTube ads. There's so many platforms. I'd probably just recommend Google or Facebook or Instagram. But if you have case studies, then you can go paid because people will respond to results. They don't but if you're just coming out out of the woodwork and you don't have any of those case studies, you, you know you're 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 not going to make money. Uh, but you can definitely acquire clients to get started and start building out your clientele, and then obviously turn those people into case studies. And then from there, you can you can redo your marketing because if you're going to do paid, it's really all about results and case studies. It's not about like the right headline or the right word or the right this or that. Like you know, I just I just communicate what I'm trying to do to my avatar and then show them I let my clients sell me like that's the best way to do it and 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 you don't have to like sit down and you know go through this whole webinar script I mean yeah use it as like a there's so many out there and and obviously Russell Brunson has a great one if if you're not familiar with his script use it as sort of a, a way to to get to get the wheels spinning in your head but ultimately all people care about is you know why are you doing this are you credible like do you have a story behind you and can you actually help me or is this fake because there's so much fakery online and there's so many people that are just in this to make money when in fact this can be a real viable platform for someone who really cares about people to mm-hmm. impact so many people like I can't even believe what I have done like <laughs> I don't do business type things like what we're doing right now I'm normally just focused on my clients so yeah. yeah it's interesting for me to even talk about this kind of stuff what what I've started to to reconcile being both in in the health space and helping clients and then the business building space for my own practice and then coaching people now to build their businesses is realizing that above all else it comes down to to value and that the business side of it is just the efficiency that allows you to continue to provide immense amounts of value. And any good business is value and purpose driven and revenue and et cetera comes second. If you're ever going into something going, how do I make money? You've got the wrong mindset because you're going to give up when you don't make money immediately. And for any level of success requires consistency over time more than anything else. And so what I found was that if you have no time and and you're not in a space for it, Paid ads work amazingly because you can develop a strategy, test it. Once it's working, you can pretty much just leave it alone. And that's what we do a lot with our clients. It's just like, here's a strategy that works. Go and do that first, get you some wins and then move forward. But long-term and for real impact, you have to be doing organic, which is the stuff where you're building an audience, right? And I think that I think that you said it right. Like when you're thinking about what content do I do? What platform should I be on? All that kind of stuff. The real question is, What can I just do without thinking about it, without this massive planning and all this energy and going, okay, you know, it it doesn't feel right today. I'm going to do it tomorrow instead. Like if you're questioning, oh man, I could write this blog article, you shouldn't be doing it because you're just, you're going to hate yourself and and you're going to get down a pathway where it's like now there's people expecting it and I can't produce because I don't really want to do it. And that's where we see people do these short sprints. So they'll create videos and they stop. And they don't realize how close they were to the goal because they didn't do it from a, a purpose, passion place. Like for me, planning YouTube videos, which is why I don't really do YouTube, is because I I just can't bring myself to do it as easily as just getting on and chatting to somebody like in a podcast or even even more for me is just just talking. So my biggest platform is Facebook groups and I do live trainings every week. I just jump on for an hour 
And all I've done is write down like three points that I kind of want to cover. And I could talk for hours about it because it's, it's genuinely coming from a, a place of value and passion and purpose. And so I can just talk all day, which means that video is a good platform for me or audio, right? But not where I've got a pre-planned video for a purpose, so to speak. Not like the seven ways to do A, B, and C. I hate that. I can't do it. But other people have built amazing audiences doing all kinds of different things. So I think that the advice for everyone listening is just do all of it and find the things that feel really good that you could just do forever. Because if you're able to do it forever, it will inevitably produce an audience that will inevitably grow your business. Because if you are providing massive amounts of value, people are looking for real people. Like you said, there's so much fakery. People don't want just the gimmick, the, the information. They want the connection. And, and above your content's value is the connection with you. So me and you could say the exact same thing. And someone might not like my face or my voice or my accent or just me and how I said it and go with you, even though the information's the same. And, and it's like kind of trying to tell your spouse something and they don't listen and then someone else says it and they go and do it. It's like because the other person just had to say it. And, uh, and I think that's super important. People get worried about, well, there's so much competition. You know, how am I going to compete with Andrew who's got 9 million downloads? It's like because your voice is unique and literally and, and how you're describing the things and people will resonate with different people. So I love it. Dude. Oh yeah. I, on that, on that point, people will be like, Oh, Andrew, like I love what you're doing so much so that I want to become like a coach that helps men and in and, and their social lives their confidence and dating. And then they'll be, this is like very common. Then they'll be quick to say like, but Oh no, I'm not trying to like compete against you. Like, you know, I want to find like a different angle. And I'm always like, man, I, I don't care if you compete against me. Like I, I, there's so much out there. <laughs> like, that like one, this is really hard too. Like this is like, if you can really get to this level, I, mm. I, I can't wait. Cause I want to know another guy that's competing against me, but there's so much out there. Like I would not let like, Oh, he's already got that. That means I can't do it. That, that is not at all. Like, can you, do you, do you have people raising their hands saying that you can get results? If you have that, mm. then you're, you're in the game, you're in the mm. game and you're, you just really need You just need to build like a little funnel to get started. And from there, you just, create more case studies. My whole thing is just case studies. Like if you have case studies and clients who are like, Hey, this guy works, this guy's amazing. This guy did this for me. I was over here before I started. Now I'm over here after I worked mm -hmm. with them. That is the marketing. People trust other people, especially if it's like a real person who has like their full name and like where they're from and all that. It's not like just like the first name. And it's like, is this real? John, so I bought off Fiverr. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Or yeah, something like that. So case study like just case study proof is, is really all you need to, to get started if you're going to do paid ads, but you do have to get good at it and you, and just know that you will lose money. Like it's not going to be just everything works because you have case studies. There is going to be a learning curve, but once you get going, once you learn from the data, the data tells you what to do. The data tells you what's working, what's not working. You slowly get better. And from there you develop a machine. Like I've been running the same funnel variation of the same funnel. Obviously there's like a version two, version three, version four, but like my same funnel was built almost accidentally in 2016, it's 2021. And that same funnel has generated well over multiple seven figures. And I just, I just keep building on to that existing funnel by obviously adding more case studies, improving the things and, you know, targeting the avatar better. But it's like that same little funnel that was not that good it has now, it's the same funnel I'm using today. I just keep building on it. Yeah, 100%. And 
for those in my audience who are listening who can't use case studies and testimonials and stuff like that, because for example, in New Zealand, you can't, Australia, you've got to be really careful in certain industries. I always teach you lead with value and then you double down with case studies where possible. If you can use literal client proof, amazing. If you can't, just allude to the mechanism, allude to what outcomes and changes that happen, but don't imply that you can create them and blah, blah, blah. But you can say enough stuff that a person can get the implication that you can clearly get a result. Because if you're able to freely talk about what you do, you know it. If you've got a pre-planned video and it looks really nice, but I can stand there for an hour and just talk about the thing, mine looks better to the client considering who to work with because I've been able to just riff about the topic. And there's nothing better than than finding a, a guru and then asking them Q&As and they can't really answer the questions because they don't really know the topic. And as health professionals, we need to come out here and show people that we know this stuff not super high level and getting fancy, but the, the way to really show someone that you know is your ability to simplify. Because if you actually know a topic, you should be able to simplify it for all of your audience and talk about it for days and help them realize that you can get results. Even if you can't specifically say, I helped Mike Jones get this result. That's my advice to people in that situation. Now, Andrew, let's jump ahead to, to where you're at now. Like you said that you're doing less on... Yeah, the podcast side of things, yeah. you know, like, what are you doing now? What's your focus now? Yeah, it, it got to like, on, honestly, once I crossed episode 200, episode 300, I was just like, whoa, episode 400, it got to a point where I had just done so many. I don't know that getting to 500 is going to make a difference right now. Mm. And it's not that I don't like it. And it hasn't, it's not that it's not a good platform. It definitely mm. is. And I definitely do enjoy it. But I just started thinking, what's the best use of my time? And is this going to get me to that next level? Because yeah. going from 300 to 400, there really wasn't a difference in terms of my yeah. business, in terms of the amount of people I was impacting, the downloads, it was growing. But I just had to think, what's the best use of my time? So with the podcast, I didn't eliminate it. I do more of like a season. So you can mm-hmm. think of you know a Game of Thrones season. It doesn't, it doesn't just go on forever. We anticipate that, you know, obviously that show's over, but we're all excited for the next season. We, we knew there was going to be an, a, like a cliffhanger and then we would have to wait a year. And that's sort of how I view my podcast. So I recently just did uh, about 10 or 12 episodes and I just, that's the season. So it's kind of the season for when I feel like doing it. <laughs> mm-hmm. when, when I get the urge to do it, I'll, 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 I'll do a bunch of interviews. I'll do 10, 15 interviews in like a month period. And then I'm done. Like that's just going to be it for for the year until I feel like doing it again. Because I just now do it because the audience is there. People are messaging me asking when's the next episode coming out. So I feel I feel like I do want to add value. I don't want to let the fans down. But I want to spend less time on free content and more time. Like I, I probably spend 95% of my time just focusing on my existing clients and just really helping my clients get the best results they can. So I spend a lot less time marketing. I spend more time just what do my clients need? How can I teach this better? Where are the holes in my program? Where are the holes in, in my processes, uh, in, 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 my, in my coaching or in my team? How can I just make my existing clients more successful? And then I'm obviously all about case studies. And so I'll capture case studies and I share those. And, and that speaks volumes when clients are actually getting what they came for. And so that's, that's been the biggest focus is like, building out my existing program. It's a a high ticket offer. And I just focus on using that same funnel, driving traffic. I do a lot of paid traffic. I obviously have some books out. So I drive everything. You know, I point everyone from my books to, uh, to this offer. 
uh, the podcast. I'm talking about this offer and everything is just going to this, this one offer. A lot of paid traffic though, like organic will only take you... Like you're not going to triple your income. It's very unlikely you're to triple your income just because you feel like it with organic. But with paid traffic, mm-hmm. you, can, you can know exactly how much it costs to acquire a customer and you can slowly turn that up. That was what I did uh, probably four or five months ago. I just hired more enrollment guys and I turned up my... I just I took the volume knob and I turned it up. And I've never spent... you know, At the time, it was very scary. I was spending over $100,000 a month in advertising. I definitely did not start there. Okay. I, I used to spend like two to three grand a month. Like that's where I was for, for a, a long time. So I don't want to intimidate anyone. I've been doing this for years. Spending over a hundred grand a month and having the team available to answer and and talk to all these leads coming in. Like today, we started the call at noon. We had already enrolled four clients, so we had done over twenty grand before this call even started, and and the day's not even over. And so, like that's made possible because of paid traffic, being able to get that many leads on the phone. Like we every day, we have almost two dozen calls of pre-qualified leads on the phone who are raising their hand. There's no surprise on the call. They are raising their hand saying, I want to join this program. We've already educated them about what the program is. Uh, and we let them know that you're going to have to make a decision on the call. And and we're, we're filled up. We're filled up for the next... like Off the top of my head, we're, we're over a week out booked with calls. So there's probably about 100, 150 guys that are in line right now, legitimately in, in line to... Uh, to learn more about our program and see if it's the right fit for them. We do not sell to anyone who is financially in a tough position. Uh, I make it very clear throughout the funnel. Since it is a high ticket program, you know that was just a shift I made mentally where I'm just no longer going to sell to people who are struggling financially because there, there is a correlation between someone who, who, who struggles financially and their ability to uh, one, pay everything timely and also get results in the program and be more of a of a challenge, if you will, mm-hmm. of a client. But yeah, that's yeah. kind of where I'm at now. And so I'm focused on... I have coaches now who do the coaching. I'm the coach who doesn't coach or sell. So I have a team of guys that enroll people. Uh, and I have a team of coaches that are doing the coaching. And uh, I spend a lot of time creating Loom videos. If you don't know what Loom is, Loom is amazing. It's just a screen capture software. And I basically create videos and just teach my team how to do things that I used to do. I just constantly, every day, I'm making yeah. Loom videos and I'm creating archives. So that I'm spending every problem, every situation that occurs, it should never occur again. Because I'm going to create a video. I'm going to explain exactly how to solve it. And then that means the machine is just getting smarter and smarter every day. Because there's always challenges. There's always problems. Like I'm getting text messages from my guy. There's challenges that I have to attend to. And I'm going to create a Loom video to teach them what to do. And from here... I'm more of a, uh, I don't know, like an evangelist of my own program. Like I, I'm, I'm mm. here. I create marketing material. I put it out. I make sure it works. I adjust it. I pay attention to the numbers, and then I just watch the machine work. The machine from I don't know who Knowledge for Men or Andrew is to being indoctrinated to getting educated to receiving value to learning about our program to seeing our case studies to applying for a scheduled call uh, to learn about our program. It's not like. Uh, I know some people like they trick you and, and it's it's <laughs> it's 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 really like a heavy sales call and, and they didn't think that's what it was, but they they know what's gonna happen on the call and then to getting the program and then to being coached and then to submitting a case study uh, when they get results after 90 days. And I'm focused on the systems and I'm I'm now trying to figure out where I should go from here, actually. <laughs> 
the moon. You can go to the moon. Dude, you, I, you, I, I, do, I do think there's a limit though. I do. Th- I'm trying to figure out where's the sweet spot in business. I don't think that, and I'll speak for myself because everyone has their own ambitions, but I do think there is a point where it, it might not make sense to continue to grow, to continue. Like, like there's only one Harvard. Then there's a reason. If there was a Harvard in every country, it would not be Harvard. Some things are meant to stay small and and just very elite and powerful. And I, I like that. I like that sort of model of thinking versus just just trying to like expand myself so much so that I I lose my mind that that I become just overly stressed and and I don't even know what the point is at that point if if I'm. If I'm like, <laughs> if I'm mentally ill because I'm working so hard, then it's just, it's just not, you know, I want to be the message by living the life that my clients would also like to live, which is right now I'm looking at the ocean. I'm doing a podcast with you. I'm up high and, uh, and, and I've got a great social schedule planned out for the rest of the week with my awesome friends, awesome girls. And, um, yeah, <laughs> I think that what you're doing, because I'm, I'm going through the same process but I'm also teaching the business thing to people, right? Like your offer to clarify, yours is yours is a, a self-development essentially. Right, it's personal it's development a, for men, it's not correct. business. So you're it's not selling, you're not selling not money. You're selling no, but that could be easier. <laughs> that right? could be easier. I, I'd rather say you're getting a, an ROI within 30 days on a phone call. That makes it, makes it a lot easier. But yeah, I sell self-development, personal yeah. development for men, relationships, social skills, dating, confidence. And what I want everyone to, to hear with this is that we're health professionals. We don't sell money. I don't say, you know, hey, Dave, pay me $1,000 and you'll make $10,000. we are saying, work with me for six weeks for $1,000 and I'm going to help you get your quality of life back because of your diabetes or your headaches or your back pain or whatever, right? And sometimes we, we feel like, is that scalable? It's hard to sell. It's not when you dial in your messaging, when you understand where your people are, where they want to be, and the bridge that's needed to get them there. And when that all of that is, is aligned, you build this beast like Andrew. Because, dude, what you've done is you've solved the problem and then you've optimized the solution to be able to scale it and work with lots of people. And then you've faced a whole lot of problems. I assume, right, right, you were selling at the start like I was. Oh, yeah. And then oh, you yeah. start to get someone else to sell because you're like, right. I can't that's handle right. the calls or, or I don't want to do them. Like right. in my case, I didn't want to do them. And, and you start to remove yourself more and more and more until right. you are the evangelist of your, own, of your own product. And so, for example, my clinic has practitioners in it. They see the clients. They're an extension of me under my philosophy, under yeah. my, my lane that I've created, like your coaches. But I don't have to do any of it. And now you systemize it so much that you can step back as much as you want. Some people want to just be in it still. But the, the, the key message I'm trying to get across here is you shouldn't be at the center of your business where it's dependent on you. Because then you can't go on holiday, you can't live your life, you can't have kids and step back, you can't stop, you can't get sick. Because in the, the business, yeah, you can't, get, in, you can't get you can't get COVID. I don't know if we're allowed to say that. But you, you can't even get that. Otherwise, your whole business filled. Which exactly. which I did get, and I, I was sick for. I was out for a week, and and my team my team performed. I was just answering emails, mm-hmm. and and it, everything ran while I was had a disease. My my two cents on your situation is is I think that what you do is an, uh, amazing, and I think that realistically, it, it's just always about solving problems. You might back in the day, ten years ago, you never would have thought that you'd be in this place running a multi million dollar business, um, no. because you would have thought it was impossible. And how could I do it? And I'm going to burn out. And so, ten years from now, you could be running a 
you know, multi-billion dollar thing, I Tony Robbins style, <laughs> yeah, Tony Robbins style doing the same amount yeah. of work. So I, I think that, that yeah. it's solving problems, solving problems. You know what I mean? It, but, it is solving, it is solving problems. And, and I, I just, I, I really do feel that one, I don't even know what I do with the money aside from reinvest it. I, I know, I understand you want to mitigate taxes. You want to reinvest and you want to create wealth. I understand that. But at the end of the day, like I don't even, my life has not changed in, in any significant way in the last several years. In fact, I like to stay low key. I like to be kind of rugged. Like I like rugged look. Like I don't try and be fancy. I don't care about expensive fashion or jewelry. Like I just want to be healthy. I want to have great friends. I want to have a great romantic life and I want to be close with my family. And I can't wait until we can travel again. Like I, I, I that's like the one thing I feel like I'm missing. I don't aspire for like the big house. Like I actually like small, I like small and simple. Uh, I've, I've been in big houses before or, you know, I rent, we rent out big Airbnbs with friends and like, it just takes forever to get from the bedroom to the kitchen. Like, you know, you have to go to the bathroom. It takes forever to get to the bathroom. I'm like, I like simple. I like nice. I like good location. Like I like my place. You could see I'm here. I'm looking at the ocean. I, I, I surf every day or when I can, right. It, it was raining last night, but yeah, I, I don't, I don't know that it would actually make sense to grow uh, beyond uh, a certain point. I don't know what guys who are way more successful, what they're able to do that I already cannot do. Yeah. That's kind of the things I wrestle with right now. So yeah. 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 yeah with, with you, you said it right. It's, it's, you've got to define the lifestyle that, that you want to live and the impact that you want to have. I think that when you don't have money, you think that you need to get money and then you get money and then you go, I don't really need more money. And so either you, you stay there and you're content and you're happy with where you're at, or you go, what else am I actually doing with this? And so for me and, and, and a lot of my clients, it's like, how do we help more people? And so for me, my office is not very nice. Um, I'm not planning on buying a bunch of fancy things. And I don't even look at my accounts anymore. I've forgotten. I grew up broke and poor, uh, if you know what I mean by that. And, yeah, um, yeah. and now, you know, money's not an issue, but I'm more wealthy in how I am because of how I feel about what I'm doing and, and the purpose and fulfillment. Will I run into a brick wall? Maybe. Will I always try and figure out how to solve that? Maybe not. Maybe I'll get to a place where I'm happy, but I, I definitely resonate with enough is when you're feeling that that fulfillment and that growth and that achievement. And that doesn't mean necessarily making millions for everybody. A lot of my most successful clients are just happy being in their practice, helping some people. And some of them that want to be more successful on paper, they're actually struggling because they're trying to build something that they don't really want. They just they just right, think that right. by having that comparison, ego, those mm. kind of things sort of, it's like, well, that's the natural thing. And especially if you have peers who are very successful as well, then, then you start thinking that you need to, you know, you need to like compete at that level or you want to stay, you know, in the group. I think the best thing you can do is, is really know what you want. And, uh, because for many people they might be very close to achieving what they want. And then after that, everything else is bonus. Like I, I feel very good with the level of impact that, that I have made. The, the conversations I've had, the events that I've put on, the feedback that I get, the amount of case studies that come through. Like as of many years ago, I, <laughs> I felt like I have made my contribution to the world. And now everything from this point is really just bonus. And, and I, I'm, I, don't, I, don't, I know some people are like, oh, I want to impact a billion people. 
you know, I, I'm very happy with, with the amount of people I truly did impact and, and the people I have met and the people that have completed my programs or completed my book. It is much greater, but even if it was just 10 or, or 20, 25 people like that truly understand what I was trying to teach mm. and, and got the value. Like, I feel good with that. Like, I, I don't need to impact a billion people. I, I just want to be really good at what I do for the people that do come through. Mm. So if I, if someone is like, Hey, I'm going to go through Andrew's program, the Knowledge for Men program. It's called Project Grounded Man. And um, you can see my shirt grounded. <laughs> and um, I, I want to make sure that person wins. I, I, like yeah. if you're gonna if you're gonna come through my stuff, you're, you're gonna win. And I'm gonna be all over you uh, to help you get the results. And and I want to make sure that guy wins. Uh, but but I'm not worried about the guy that is not yet in my program. I, I, <laughs> You know, I, I, I love go, that. I want to go surf. I want to go surf. Yeah. <laughs> I want I less stress that. and I want to surf with because my people friends. say like, I want to make a billion dollars or I want to help a billion people. It's the same thing. It's, it's trying to fulfill yourself with having these bigger goals that really, when you're probably halfway there, you're like, I don't want to actually do this thing. And that's why most people don't achieve what they want or anywhere near any of these things they set because they don't have a purpose behind it. They don't feel it. And so when you're saying, I don't care about helping a billion people, I just want the handful that I am helping to do it incredibly right. well, it, Absolutely. It, it's actual fulfillment and therefore you can actually get there and you can be content with it because yeah, I want to help a billion people that it's meaningless. Like you're not, you're not going to, unless you're actually driven by it. Cause you're going to give up. It's like the, what we talked about at the start, right? Making a bunch of videos. If you give up after six videos, because you realize you don't like videos, like saying that I want to make a billion videos is pointless. Just start making some videos and see, see what happens. You might hate it. You know? Yeah. Yeah. Whatever you're going to do, you know, be consistent. If you do love it and it's not working out, like being consistent, that was, man, when I was doing that podcast run, like I, I was so consistent. Like I, I was just relent. Like if I was like a, just a robot, like a machine with interviewing with just a whole flow of everything I was doing with podcasting, it served me well. It, you know, all those events that I did, all those retreats I did, those early courses, those are all people from the podcast or, or the blog that I had. You know, there was a, there was a, a purpose to it. But now I just, I just, I just go to Google. <laughs> Love it. Dude, uh, it's been such a good episode. Where can our audience connect with you online? Uh, you can check out the website, knowledgeformen.com. If you're a guy, you're interested in any of the work that I do, you, you should be able to figure out what to do once you get to my site. I'm pretty sure I have pop-ups everywhere. Uh, and then if you're also single, I think getting my, uh, my book would be... That, that was like my pride and joy. Uh, the dating playbook for men. It's sold over a hundred thousand copies. It's it's self published. I update it often with just new things that I'm learning. It's truly not a dating book. It's really a book on on how to be a grounded man and live the life you want. And your romantic life is definitely a part of that. There's there's no denying that. So the title is is a little little deceiving in that um, it, you know it's it's not about picking up girls. It's about living your life authentically. So uh, you could just Google my name on Amazon or. Uh, or Google and just start searching around. But ultimately though, I mean, if someone's compelled, that's fine. But I just want to thank you for having me on the show. And uh, I can tell you're passionate about the work that you're doing. Uh, you, you're really you're really smart with what the things you're saying and, and uh, with marketing. And, and I can tell you're always, as a podcaster, you know, you always want to be thinking about the audience and, and what are their wants and needs. And I can tell mm. based off the things I say, you, you know, you, you revert it back to the audience and how it's valuable. You take out the highlights. There's a lot of good things that uh, you're doing here. So how long have you been podcasting? I went 
very, very hard. I think I was doing like 10 episodes a week uh, when I first started to just oh, do man. a collection because I had a new baby coming yeah. and I'm like, I need to be here oh, okay. like six months done. But yeah. the podcast has only been live a couple months, but I've been doing it for a little bit longer than that, maybe six months in total recording. But um, right, I've, been, right. I've been doing the, the people thing for a long time. So this was such an easy transition for me because I could just jump in and just be me and rock it. But the actual podcast yeah, hasn't actually been live that long. Yeah. I, I would encourage you to to continue. I, I think you do have a, a knack. If you've only been doing it for... you know, I'll say that you're a lot better than where I was when I first started. <laughs> I was I was also like just trying to figure out... I was just lost the whole time for, for the first few years. Still am lost trying to figure out what to do as well. But I think you do have an, an, a, a good knack here. So yeah, I would encourage you Thanks, to continue. And, and if the, what does the audience think? Leave a, leave a review or a comment. Uh, on YouTube, if you think James should continue. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. Hey, look, thanks so much. It means a lot because you rock your podcast and 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 I watch what you do and I think it's awesome. So I really appreciate that. Dude, I'm, I'm conscious of your time. Thank you so much for coming on the show. Have an amazing day and hopefully you can get out and, and get some surf. Yeah, awesome. Will do. Take, Take care. Soon. Bye. Thank you for listening to the show. If you liked the episode, please hit subscribe and leave us a review. I'd really appreciate it as it helps us get our episodes out to more people just like you who want to know how to increase their revenue, impact more people and build businesses that work for the lifestyle they want. Now, I know your time is valuable and I know that you are here to learn the secrets to success in your health business. So I have something special for you just for checking out the episode. Now, if you're a health professional, coach or trainer in business, and you're serious about growing a profitable, impactful business, then pay attention because as a listener of the show, I want you to win. And so I've created a host of resources available exclusively for listeners of the show. So if you're tired of trying to figure out this game of business, marketing, and sales all on your own, and you're ready to just implement what's already proven to work rather than reinventing the wheel, I want you right now to go and check out healthcarebusinesssecrets.com forward slash insider. That's healthcarebusinesssecrets.com forward slash insider. And there you'll find over $5,000 worth of trainings, resources, and coaching available only for listeners of the show. Again, that's healthcarebusinesssecrets.com forward slash insider. There I'll give you resources on everything from how to acquire 10 times more of your ideal clients using social media and paid ads, even referrals, how to increase your client conversion into packages at an 80 to 90% conversion rate like me, how to retain your clients for longer, getting them better results and making them happier, how to increase your prices and charge a premium to work with you and how you can build a six, multi-six, even seven-figure practice just like I did but with a tenth of the time and a tenth of the effort. What I want you to realize is that everything I teach comes from exactly what I did to have success and still have success in my own health business. And I want to share that with you so you can have success too. So go check out healthcarebusinesssecrets.com forward slash insider right now and let me help you win big in your health business. Also remember to subscribe for two episodes every week full of the secrets to have success in your health business as well as leave us a review so we know what you thought of the show. And I'll see you on the next episode.